0: Hey, it's Mike Carroll, host of The Protectors. My co-host Mark and I had the pleasure of sitting down with Declan Hill, one of the world's leading experts on sports and organized crime. Declan was one of our presenters at this year's conference. We were very fortunate enough to grab him after a session where he shared some pretty heavy stuff as it relates to the current situation in Afghanistan. We hope you enjoy this wide-ranging discussion.
1: Introducing The Protectors. Inside Criminal Minds from Around the World. Presented by the IAFCI, leaders in safeguarding consumers from fraud and scams for more than 50 years. And now, your hosts, International President Mike Carroll and International VP Mark Solomon.
0: Mark, we've had so many guests this week.
2: Boy, do we have an exciting podcast here today. We have Dr. Declan Hill, one of the world's leading experts in sports and organized crimes. But believe it or not, he's going to be talking about something completely different today. So I can't wait. Declan, thanks for being here. Hey, listen, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Um look... I I was here
3: uh, talking about my professional passion, which as you know, um, we've worked together before, is like organized crime, how it gets into international sport. But like many of our listeners, I've just been, my mind and soul has been exploding over the last few weeks as I've seen the fiasco, the existential disaster that is Afghanistan, where $2 trillion in US taxpayers' money has like gone into the air. We've sponsored a bunch of drug lords, a bunch of, you know, some of the most venial, corrupt people. And so I began my presentation. I said, look, I've never done this before. I've never stopped my presentation and said, we've got to talk about something that's happening right now. I believe, Mike, that this is like our Berlin Wall moment. You know, for America, this is as it was for the former Soviet regime in 1989. This is where we got to stop and look at ourselves and say, what were we doing? because we ran out of that country with our tails between our legs look if you guys don't mind on this podcast what i'd like to do is explore some of the corruption some of the veniality that went on and i and and i want to say um for any of your listeners please be be prepared uh this is some of the details i'm going to be discussing today are pretty shocking so if you're at all squeamish or anything like that please don't listen to this one this is this is really really awful stuff that we're going to discuss today
2: and Declan, before we start, this is not a, a political a stance or anything like that. This is just you're presenting facts and, and real scenarios that are going on. There. Is that Abs- correct?
3: Absolutely. I, look, Mark, thank you for saying that. I, what I don't want is this conversation to get into is like, oh, Joe Biden's a terrible guy or Donald Trump's a terrible guy. We've got to put aside that as Westerners, as Americans, as people that fundamentally believe in democracy and fairness. We've got to say, hey, look, that, that's an important debate to have. But at the moment, let's just put aside our partisanship. The other thing I would say, Mike, is that many of our listeners will say, well, you know, who the heck are you, Declan Hill, to be addressing this? And I'm like, you're absolutely right. There are many of our listeners. There are many of our members who are veterans of Afghanistan. There are many people who are refugees from Afghanistan that will be listening to this. I'm just willing to put my hand up and be the guy that breaks the window, breaks the ice and just says, this is something we got to talk about. And the corruption, the endemic fraud that was going on in that place was so much and so severe. Let, let me give you one example. Sure. The Afghan Air Force, this agency that, you know again, I'm, you know, billions of U.S. taxpayers' dollars went to, was effectively a taxi service for the Taliban. Now, I'm no fan of the Taliban, by the way. Some of the things I'm going to be attacking, our former allies, I'm going to be talking, uh, you know, attacking the the, the system. I'm not a fan of the Taliban in any way. But the corruption was so endemic that even though it was receiving billions of U.S. taxpayers' money, at some points during the last 20 years, the Taliban were coming in, they were bribing off the local guys, and they were using the planes to transport units across the country. And nothing was done about it. Mm. People were known about that. Now, that that is shocking to many people who are listening, but it gets even more shocking than that. You know, during the presentation, I had a chart made by international narcotics experts. The lowest time in terms of the opium poppy crop, was just over 7,000 hectares in 2001 when the Taliban made an official decree saying we're gonna get rid of it. The last number we have is around 2019, and the numbers were well over 300,000. So during NATO's control of Afghanistan, the supply of illicit drugs increased exponentially, exponentially, and part of the reason why the drug lords had free reign in that country was that one of the drug lords, famously outed by DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, and by a certain number of NATO commanders, was the brother of the former pri- uh, president, Hamid Karzai. So you guys remember what we were seeing on the TV, you know, the air- airport named after Hamid Karzai. There were NATO commanders and U.S. DEA agents that were saying, the brother of that guy in Helmand province in Kandahar is the number one drug trafficker. And that is a truly profoundly shocking story because it begs the questions. Were our veterans, Canadian, Danish, British, American, simply at times bodyguards for warlords bringing uh, uh, protection to these kind of guys? Now, that's shocking. And again, I, I really would like our listeners, you know, as they're coming along to check these stories out. Because you know, if you don't know the story of Walid Karzai, you're gonna go, hey, you know, who's this crazy Canadian guy, you know, expert in organized crime? Please go to Google, punch it in, and you'll see this chapter and verse. And there was investigations by the USDA saying, we wanna get this guy. We wanna bring this guy down. And they were stopped. So high level protection was given to these guys. So it, it, it's an extraordinary story of corruption among these. And it gets worse. You'll see in the copious Amnesty International reports on the conditions of the Afghan forces, there's a number of cases of uh, maltreatment of children. Uh, For example, a couple of years ago, there was a bombing of a school. And uh, after 12 children were killed in this bombing in the school, it wasn't the guys that dropped the bomb or made the mistake or things who were in any way punished. It was the people who blew the whistle and said, "Uh, excuse us, like you just bombed a school and killed 12 of our children. So that guy was arrested, and then the spokesperson who brought this up and talked about it in public, he too lost his job and was gotten rid of. Now, even that pales in comparison with this next thing that was going on in Afghanistan, supported by the American taxpayer. And this is where our listeners, again, I urge you, if there's any you know, doubts about my credibility, or, or you know, this can't be true, please check this out. And that is the Bacha Bazi story. Bacha is uh, Pashtun or Urdu for child. Bazi, a, a loose translation would be beautiful children. And it's the rings of sexual abuse of Afghan warlords supported by US taxpayers' money and by US soldiers. And they would kidnap seven, eight-year-old, 910 10-year-old boys off the street and force them to work as their sexual slaves. One US uh, forces man did what you would want us to do. He came in and he found that one of the Afghan allies had chained an eight-year-old boy to his bed and was using him as a sexual slave. In the furor, in the scandal after that, it wasn't the Afghan ally who was punished, it was the man who unchained that boy from the bed. He was forced out of Afghanistan, he lost his command. And that was repeated again and again and again and again. They knew about it. There were even cases of sexual abuse of boys on U.S. military bases. And the U.S. soldiers at the ground level, at the officer level, were putting their hands up and saying, this is outrageous, we can't do this. And again, the top level people were, were pushing it away. And I want to take a step back here. Again, I am not a fan of the Taliban. I think they're complete scumbags. But I would ask our listeners to say, if you're an Afghan villager and you have two sets of scumbags, and at least the Taliban, for Islamic reasons, are not sexually abusing children in this fashion, which one are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the narco drug lords who are taking money from the U.S. taxpayer but still carrying on doing all this stuff? Or would you go with those guys? I'm not advocating either. I think they're both sets of scumbags. Here's the transition, guys. And I'm, I'm sorry, I can see on both of your faces that you're quite shocked on this mm-hmm. one. And, and again, I urge you, Mike, like please check everything that I'm saying. Bacha, Bazi, B-A-C-H-A. And then the second word is Bazi, B-A-Z-I. Um, go check it out. And, and the listeners will, will, will see that I, in some ways I've skimmed over some of the worst stories of this thing. I don't want to put anybody off. The three-word lesson that I really wanted to break the ice on in this uh, conference is we knew everything. So every case that I've detailed and many more was known by not only NATO command, but US command and senior officials. And 70% of that $2 trillion that we lost in Afghanistan never left the shores of America. Again, S-I-G-A-R which is the official government agency, the special inspector overlooking the Afghan uh, operations. They have produced a myriad of reports, literally tens of thousands of pages looking into corruption in the mining industry, looking into the Bachabazi Bazi story, you know, all kinds of stuff. So again, uh, listeners, please look at this stuff and know that the senior American officials knew about everything that I said. Every syllable I've said is not a surprise to senior American officials. And they tolerated it. They put up with it. In my belief, in my opinion, it's because of the what academics, be it at the University of New Haven, where I am a professor or other places, like to refer to as the Iron Triangle, where politicians receive large amounts of money from uh, defense contractors. Uh, this means substantial and robust research. Um, 300 million US dollars has been done in political contributions to politicians, both Democrat and Republican, the Pentagon, and these defense contractors. So it was in an industry's interest to keep this war going on. I, in no way do I want to suggest that these guys were um, uh, you know, taking paper bags full of cash, but there's an institutional push towards keeping something going that should have been stopped almost right away. And the final fact i'd like to bring to your guys attention about this debacle this fiasco this existential crisis in american society and western society is that on october 14th of 2001 so just a little over a month after 9-11 and the atrocity of 9-11 the taliban offered to george bush the then president and the american military establishment osama bin laden they said you want you want bin Laden's? Please stop bombing us. Here, take the guy and stop. You know, We surrender. And Bush and the senior guys turned them down. And you think about the 19 years, 11 months since that moment, all the lives, all the munitions, all the people who have been
2: suffering things, what we could have done if we had just done that. And it seems like, you know, Declan, what you're saying is is the lesser of two evils is still evil. I've heard that
3: expression before, again, of the lesser of two evils, again and again and again as I've done the research. Um, and, and as you know, I was a journalist in Iraq, and I saw some of the Iron Triangle being manifested there. Um, but again and again, as I've spoken to people about this issue, they said, you know, it, it, it was the lesser of two evils. And again, neither you or Mike sure. or me is saying the Taliban are great people, they're scumbag. We're already seeing, it's early September as we're doing this interview,
2: we're seeing them break their promise yeah. and coming in retribution to our our people. I think it seems like the situation that we got ourselves into there, um, you know, it's a, either a bad or a better choice. And, it, you know, I don't know how if we, the outcome could have changed you know it's uh, it's really fascinating what you're saying and,
3: and well I, I think it begs the question for us as financial crimes investigators it's like it's one of these moments where and i'm not suggesting there are easy answers but it's like guys we've got to do better than this because if we don't do better than this we're going to end up like the soviet union are mm-hmm. it, it's so powerful this ingrained Iron triangle that it reminds me of the final words of one of my heroes one of my parents and grandparents heroes a guy called Dwight Eisenhower And his final words or public words as the president of this country was beware of the military industrial complex It will come and destroy us. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment now 60 years after his his warning it we have to break this we have to stop this or it will break us Mm -hmm. It will break our country It will break our society and will
0: overwhelm us Declan, can I ask you, what do you think the future looks like for Afghanistan?
3: I don't know. What I've, what I've spoken about, I know. And I have, I, 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 again, I, I beg our listeners to, you know, if there's any moment where you, you, you feel that I may have exaggerated or embellished, please check and you'll find that I haven't. I've underspoken many things. And you've asked me a really good question. I don't know the answer. And I don't want to lose my credibility with you. With you know, with Mark, with, with with our listeners, in any way by you know, speculating or anything. I
2: think you know, Declan. Obviously, the IFCI uh, has a working group dedicated to human trafficking and smuggling. And um, but you know, you talked about sex trafficking under one particular regime in Afghanistan, and now with the Taliban taking over, you wonder is that going to affect human slavery aspect of things? We obviously know the Taliban does not recognize women uh, as equals, and I wonder. Or will there be a return to other atrocities uh, back in Afghanistan going forward?
3: Look, absolutely. And again, I, I, I want nobody to think that Declan Hill is sitting in here, you know, making any kind of defense of the Taliban. What I think is clear is that we, as taxpayers around the world, have been contributing to things that we really did not want to do. And we've been trusting a group of, quote, experts to not get us in the situation and as we're examining it as we you know the door is swinging shut and we're running out with our tails between our legs we're looking at stuff and going this is outrageous we never would have done this.
0: Dick, you mentioned defense contractors boy a lot of military equipment was left in Afghanistan wasn't there?
3: Yeah, and it's the same thing um, I saw in Iraq, um, where I was working as a as an independent journalist, uh, and, I, and I remember when ISIS um, came in and swept through the country, and 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 some of the video that came out with the you know the ISIS guys looking at the the thing, and ISIS guys a lot of them were former Saddam Hussein. Um, Loyalists—they weren't particularly religious. There was a wing of ISIS that was religious, but there was also a wing of his, of Hussein's former guys, and they're like, "Hey, how's the warranty on this stuff?" Hey, blah blah blah, and it's it's that same kind of cringing moment. You know, there was a shot of the Taliban fighters, and I, I looked at it first, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was Americans because they were completely kitted out with American gear, American stuff, American Humvee, and then you're like, "Oh, Taliban troops driving through Kandahar," and you're like, "Man," and that's the Taliban. We haven't even begun to discuss how much of that material got shipped to China or got shipped to Iran. It is a debacle on every single level. And it's time that as Americans, as Westerners, and, and as financial crimes investigators, we really start figuring out how it never happens
2: again. Yeah, I think the point and the message you're saying here, Declan, is, is where's the accountability for this? You know, this is not a political thing. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. But we have taken all of this money and invested what we believe investing and making uh, Afghanistan a democracy. And now it has failed. And billions of dollars have been poured into and eventually is turned into the hand of the enemies.
3: It's outrageous. And and at this moment, it's a little after 425 on September the 2nd. So far, um, the only senior US commander who has who has been gotten rid of, who has been forced to resign, is the Marine commander who put his hand up and demanded what you're demanding, which is accountability, or somebody just to say, Hey, we made a mistake. He's been forced out, but no one else is, and no one else in that last twenty years, even some of the people and and, and this is where I draw our listeners' attention to a fantastic series from the Washington Post, uh, published in December 2019, called the Afghan Papers, where they got hundreds of um, confidential interviews by top American leaders on the situation in Afghanistan, and it was revealed that these guys were playing, most of the guys, were playing a double-faced game, that they knew that Afghanistan was hopeless, that there was atrocious things that were going on, and then they would come in front of Congress, or they would you know, write these reports and basically lie to us. And I think it, it, it's right for us to be deeply angry about that, that lying. And the fact that when you come right down to it, and I'm sorry to, to say this, because it, again, it sounds like I'm embellishing, but I'm not. It goes all the way down to an eight-year-old boy being chained to a bed and being used. That's what that system of lying and corruption got us to. And it's, it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous.
2: Horrible.
0: Declan, regarding what you brought up today, what part can financial crime investigators play in this type of fraud that's going on?
3: Yeah, Mike, that's a really good question. And and it's one that we talked about during this session. And actually, we had a really interesting debate because a whole bunch of the investigators that were in my room just said, you know what, there's nothing we can do. The system that is there is so endemically corrupt, there's nothing we can do. Now, I'm not sure that I believe that. I think that there is lots of stuff. But other people were saying, hey, it's going to take political will. We've got to cut off the, you know, the campaign contributions and things. Again, I don't want to lose um, my credibility with our listeners. I don't want to come up with some cheap, quick formula. All I'm trying to do in my presentation today and in this podcast is begin this important conversation and say, okay guys, let's, let's make sure this never happens again. This happened on our watch. Let's make sure it doesn't happen to our children. Because, I, again, I return to this image. We are going to end up like the former Soviet Union if we do not deal with this.
2: Well, Declan, we really appreciate you being here today. Wow. Uh, it just it leaves you breathless, uh, the information that you shared with us today. And
3: Look, guys, thank you so much. And I really wish I wasn't here discussing such right. grim topics. But it's been an honor to, to, to be here with you guys. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Fascinating. Thank you, Declan. Thank you for what you do, sir. Thank you. Well, Declan, that was outstanding. If somebody wants to get more information, how can they reach out to you? i got a
3: website, www.declanhill.com. That's D E C L A N H I L L. I'm also got, um, I, I'm fortunate to be followed by tens of thousands of people on Twitter at Declan underscore Hill. Um, but I'd, I'd really like if people
2: followed this because this is a key debate for people to have.
0: Mark, unbelievable, huh? It is, it
2: is. Well, we appreciate you bringing this to our audience, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
0: We're signing off. I'm Mark Solomon. I'm Mike Carroll. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Remember, as you join the fight to protect our citizens, you're not alone. With more than 6,500 members from around the world, the men and women of the IAFCI are standing together with you. To learn more or to join the IAFCI, please visit our website at www.iafci.org. The Protectors Podcast is produced by Modified Media and is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. The hosts and guests' opinions are their own and do not reflect those of management, employers or sponsors. Listeners are encouraged to contact law enforcement if they suspect being a victim of a crime.